Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Hallelujah. Hmm. I'm about ready to explode here. Praise the Lord. Um, Each one of you should have had on your chair this morning this announcement. What if this is the moment you've been waiting for? How many were here Friday night? You could tell many have come. Um, Friday night was, I have uh, seen the beginnings of this in Mozambique and in Brazil before the breakouts of revival. And uh, I I think there were maybe 300, 200. It's always hard to guess how many are on the back hill there. But um, we had salvations, healings, deliverances. I think there were about 20 baptisms. Um, when the demons are screaming, when you put on people under the water, man, you just like, and uh, I got permission from Bruce Wayne Tyndall, right? Is the last name, Bruce? Welcome. And uh, Friday night, I loved what was going on. It was a real battle for Jesse and, and Parker Green. So you pray for them. Pray for their family because, you know, they're bringing it, but... I, I, I know that when I remember when I would be leading the deliverance tents in either Argentina or Brazil, I'd call back home and my wife would say, I know God's moving because all hell's breaking loose back here. <laughs> right? And I'm like, so there's a battle, there's a, there's a fight, and yet we win. And uh, so no weapon formed will prosper. It may form, but it won't prosper. In fact, it will backfire. The devil always overplays his hand for those who stand in the fight. And so... Um, Jesse got up and said, you know, there's this word about James 5. She's just a woman of the word, right? James 5 says, if any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, let them anoint with oil, and the prayer that's offered in faith will sozo, that's a Greek verb, heal the sick, save them, deliver them. And so she goes, I want the elders to come up, and uh, does anybody have any oil? Of course, you guys are really, oil starts pulling out, you know, <laughs> how much do you need, you know? And it's like, and so she goes, she was blown away by that. I was like, wow, no, we just carried it in our pockets. It's just kind of like, you never know when you'll be in Walmart and somebody's like, I need healing, right? And so, anyway, so, so she put the word out and she said, if you're sick, or you're, come on, why don't we just believe what the word said? We don't call the doctor. Is the first one you call the elders or you call the doctor, you go run to the cat? What do you do? It's like, hmm. So... So that convicting word, but then Bruce Wayne came up, and he said, man, I got, I got trouble in my hip, and the word was out that there's a lot of people limping and look at feet and issues, and so then Parker put out the word, you got feet or hip or joint, get up here, and so Bruce got up in front of me, and we just started praying, and was it three years you couldn't have those motions, right? We just started praying, laid hands on and then all of a sudden, he broke down in tears. He said, man, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this. I said, well, you're doing it. You can't keep. And we just started walking. And then the Lord, man, it was a glorious night. Would you guys stretch your hands towards him right now? Because, Lord, I pray right now that uh, I have this prophetic revelation, Bruce, that first of all, the Lord doesn't see your past. He sees your future, right? And he, you're going to be raised up as one of the warriors because you got a testimony. So do not be ashamed of the gospel. And Lord, I pray right now a covering that the enemy can't steal what the Lord has already planted. And I thank you, Father, for all those that got touched on Friday night. It would be just the down payment for a whole city in revival, a whole region in revival. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
kind of the, the rest of that story is then he got baptized in the, in the water, got out, and then got baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I like that. All, you know, let's get healed. God's, you know, he's a God of order, but, it, you know, he's like, well, no, you're not supposed to do it in that order. <laughs> oh, really? It, it's like healed, saved, baptized, baptized. Yay, God, I love it. So anyway, there was just, uh, yeah, so the, I smell revival. It's in the air. And it's going to be that place where we just need to stand in the gap and, and uh, fight forward. So there are 5,000 of these. Some are out on the foyer. There's, there's some out here. I would like you to place these everywhere. Yeah. Walk in your neighbor. Just st- you know, stick it under their windshield wiper and, you know, wherever you go. Just, Jessie's kind of like, she's just this woman of faith. She goes, come particularly, she says, the field under the tent, this is going to be wild, come and see. Come particularly if you struggle with suicidal thoughts, fear, anxiety, and depression. There's a whole world of folks out there with COVID issues, the spirit of fear, I get calls regularly. And so that means we need all hands on deck. Those who have been on mission trips with us, ministry team, get equipped, go online. There's a nine uh, night series on breaking free. Pick up my book. You don't even have to pay. Just pick it up. Get trained. Get equipped. We need all hands on deck because what happens when this becomes thousands? I think they've said there are hundreds and hundreds registered for the camp meeting July 21 through the 24th on this property. So what happens if they have to close part of this road out here to get all the folks in? There aren't enough pastors on staff. You're the royal priesthood. Amen? Okay. Now, you don't just leap out like you, you need to be under the cover. Um, don't just get become a Lone Ranger. Lone Rangers always had Tonto. Anyway, okay. All right, praise God. So hand these out. Let me just read what uh, Jesse posted some wild things and like, whoo. And so on the Saturate, if you go on Saturate Global website, you'll see this. Well, revival is happening now. We've been planning and preparing for the Saturate Revival Camp meeting in July, but God is moving now in Wilmington, North Carolina. This weekend, we preached at Global River Church, and it seemed through a convergence of prophetic words. They said there were 40, I haven't looked at them, 40 prophetic words that have now converged on this region. So converged on this place and taking, our team started to pray and prepare. What do we do if God says start now? We witnessed over 80 baptisms last weekend in the tent Saturday night, deliverance and many salvations. We just finished meeting with the lead pastor at Global River, Tom Hauser, and his team, and they said, yes, we are in. We'll make this work. We need to stay sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, make your plans, adjust them, come. We had folks here, a lady that was coming from Wyoming, heard, was here. Goldsboro, driving three hours from Goldsboro, um, coming here. So... Um, if you live in town, hello, come Friday night. Even if you need to just walk the property and pray and just come be part of this. Uh, child care is provided, so we'll, that thing is going to continue to grow and, and to, to just blossom. Um, I know that some of you were not here Saturday night. We shared this, but I want to, the prophetic word from Chuck Pierce, I've read it before. I want to read it again because Amos 3 says, He doesn't do anything that he doesn't first tell the prophets. He also said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, do not scoff at prophecy, but test everything. And so 
When four weeks ago, Chuck Pierce, if you want to look at his background, actually Debbie Davis sent this to me, and it was really encouraging. I like that Debbie would sit in our parking lot and pray for us, right? Doesn't even, hadn't attended this church, but used to, and praise God. Welcome back if you want, praise God. <laughs> and so, anyway, so I love that, and she sent this to me, because she'd been following Chuck Pierce for a lot of years. I love his stuff as well. But he's in Philadelphia on March 25th, so this is, the, this is 4-24-22. That's a lot of twos and fours. That's unity. How can two walk together? Amos also says, how can two walk together unless they agree? You ever try to walk with somebody, they're going one direction, you're going another? Doesn't, doesn't, especially when you're yoked? No, that doesn't work. And so we have to walk with him, and this is about unity. And so I just, amazing, here's what Chuck said. He's in Philadelphia, and he gets up and starts sharing about the Carolinas. That's not like, you know, you're not encouraging Philadelphia. <laughs> but that's a true sense of a prophet. I'll tell you what I'm saying was from the Lord, right? He says, so he's in Philadelphia, March 25th of this year, and he prophesies over North and South Carolina. This was really critical. My daughter, Sarah, thank you for all the organizing she does and, and uh, pulled this together. Amanda Anderson was here, was it Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night. And she's been with us in many tents throughout all of, you know, wherever we've gone with the tents. But the last few tents, she wasn't able to get there for medical reasons, da 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 But her and her husband, Mitch, uh, came, and we needed her to come from South Carolina to be part of this fulfillment, I believe. And she came in prophetic worship, and then she left one day later, you know, all the drive with those kids, and wow, had to get back. So I want to read this. It's, it's important that we understand the connection of what God is doing. Quote, Chuck Pierce, 325.22. This is a prosperity anointing that comes from unity. There is going to be a new unity in the Carolinas that produces a new anointing in America. Did you catch that? The unity that comes out of the Carolinas is a new anointing. That's a prophetic word from the Lord himself out of Psalm 133. He commands a blessing when brethren dwell, live together in unity. It's like the flow of the oil down of Aaron's beard. You ever been in a place where there's disunity? Man, have that in your house or your business or your church. It's a mess. I've been there. But what happens when people agree? Now, that doesn't mean you agree with everything, but you're able to get along because you love each other, right? Keeps going. It says, it can only come from the Carolinas. And the Lord said, it will cause wrath and greed to be uprooted. So I want to set a bloodline. He's praying a bloodline over us, right? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. Revelation 12. He says, I want to set a bloodline over you because of the anointing and the upgrading. You're uprooting greed, wrath, and bloodshed, division, broken covenant. Now, Father, I say right now, the Carolinas are coming into an anointing. An anointing is about the anointing in the Carolinas. There's even an anointing going to come out of the Carolinas. There is a move of God, a breaker anointing coming out of the Carolinas. Get ready. Get ready. I'm sending you forth. I'm sending you forth to bring forth the breaker anointing at the gates. 
I read in pre-service prayer, Psalm 24. May the king of glory, who is this king of glory? The one mighty. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart. This is a place, the message this morning is, get ready and understand covenant. When that anointing comes, we are in a different season. And the rules are different in the kingdom season. I'm going to give you a scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. This is a time for the fear of the Lord to rise up. I want to play this testimony. Three weeks ago, we get invited to the Saturate Global Revival Meeting of Pastors in Charlotte. My wife, my, uh, my daughter, my two of my daughters, myself were there. And in the middle of it, some of you heard this Saturday night, but I want to proclaim it again over the region and over the church. So I'm going to ask our AV Sound guys that are amazing to set this up. This is Becca Greenwood, one of the prophetic people that's come out of both Randy Clark's ministry and it's also one of the Saturated Global Ministry prophetic people. The Lord gave me a prophetic word in 2019, a vision. And I saw Jesus standing over the United States. And where he stood in this vision, there were revival fires that would break out from those regions. And do you know that in that vision, the East Coast was the most highlighted area of the vision that he gave me? He not only spoke to me about Florida, but he spoke to me about North and South Carolina. And that there would be a glory awakening that would come from the East Coast that would be birthed from North and South Carolina, from the Carolinas, and that it not only would be a visitation, but it would become a habitation. And I believe that this gathering is one of the sparks, the lighting of the match and the striking of the match to light that fire of what God is about to birth in glory and revival and awakening, not just a visitation, but a habitation where we, he will come and he will sweep across the East Coast, across this region to to the United States of America and the nations. This prophetic word, the Lord called it a five-year period of grace and awakening. I heard this name earlier. There's there's a leader here, but if you're still here, I don't I don't know you guys. I'm just I heard the name Glory. Is there someone pastor church Glory River? Is that is there Global river, global rivers that are they you still here? I hear the Lord saying that global river will become a glory river and that what he you have seen and what you have plowed for as a father in the region and you've come up against religious structure, religious spirit, religious structure, religious spirit and there have been those that have jumped on board to run with you in the past and they've jumped on board and then they're like oh it's too much it's out of our comfort zone and they begin to shrink back and he says but you have plowed faithfully in the region as a father and he says global river will become known as a glory river and that there is a river that is flowing from global river that will become a glory river that will touch the is it in Wilmington wherever where the Wilmington area where you are that it will begin to flow out and he says that even what he spoke to you at the early years when he spoke to you and called you into ministry and you even said Lord is this going to happen in my lifetime am I going to get to 
to see it. And he said, son, you're not retiring, you're refiring. And he says, because Global River is now entering into the time of the Glory River that will flow from Wilmington out across even the Carolinas. And he said, and even those places globally where you have gone in and planted, they will ignite with the glory and they will flow with the Glory River into their cities and regions. And he says, watch some of those that were religious that pushed back against you. (laughs) He says, watch. He said, because now they're going to come seeking after the presence of the Lord. And they're going to jump into the river with you. Where they resisted, they will be wooed by the Holy Spirit. And they will step into the river with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. My glory, sister. (laughs) Woo! Glory to God. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Whoa. Hey. Yeah. If anybody wants a copy of the Chuck Pierce. Uh, It's right there. So, praise the Lord. Um, We had an amazing uh, meeting with uh, Jesse and Parker Green on Monday for about four hours and just shared in their team and our team. And and, uh, they said, um, it's now. We have to start now. Uh, I said, well, okay, but... um, we don't have a tent. Well, that's okay. We'll just set up on the field. So that's what we did Friday night. So I was here yesterday. The, uh, we worked, Pastor Willie and I worked with a contractor, and so we started clearing back there. We're going we're gonna to come in. We're going to put drains in. We're going to raise it up, bring in soil, bring in rock in. going to put a pad down, and we're going to put the 2,000-person tent just opposite, it will be just to the left of our hill next to the cross, you know, the cross will be there. You'll be able to sit on the hill and probably look in the tent. So anyway, it'll fit, praise the Lord. Um, remember where the word was, uh, expand your tent? Yeah. And so we're going to take the, our 500-person tent down. It's a 53 by 100, and we're going to put up a 40 by 140, and uh, we've got to fix the drainage on this. And so I've just leap, leapt out in faith here, praising the Lord that whatever finances he needs to bring for that, I told the contractor, you go for it. So he's going to start. I said, and you got, the good news is you've got to be done by Thursday morning at 9 a.m. And I said, he said, okay. So he had his crew here yesterday. And so, Lord, I thank you. Okay, praise the Lord. And so, hallelujah, multiply the blessing. Let me... Um, there were so many amazing connections that happened in this last week. And um, we had Reverend Nixon here, and he preached Sunday night. Palm, started Palm Sunday, and then it went, we had our fast, we had our Wednesday night. Jennifer Costell was here Wednesday night. Reverend Nixon preached, heading for the finish line. We are heading for the finish line. And he pulled people out prophetically. I love when I know your story, a lot of it, they don't, and he just like, woohoo! And then... When uh, Jennifer came, Jennifer Costell came, Bishop preached, pay the price, be willing for sacrifice. There's a full-time devil. There's no part-time Christianity. I love that one. Then Jennifer preached, leave the familiar and get restored. 
talks about Peter and the restoration. He, God will meet you where you're at. Remember, Peter went back fishing. He went to his old familiar. He, he realized, I, I've messed this up. I rejected the Lord. I told him I'd die, and I didn't. And then I lied, and I cursed about him. And yeah, Jesus meets him, right? It's amazing. And then we had a time with Pastor Cedric and Latoya Barrett from uh, the uh, Purpose Church, right? Yeah. And so, no, well, whatever, yeah. I think the Purpose Church, yeah. And they prophesied. They pulled some of the same people out and gave them a similar word. It's like, man, when you get a double whammy in about three days, you better write that down because it's going to happen, you know. And so that was just amazing. So, and then um, I gave him... I don't know what happened here. The Lord told me I gave him $200 cash in an envelope, my name on it to to Pastor Shedrick. And he, because he had gotten worked up and sweated up, he went in the men's room to change. He said he left the envelope with the $200 cash in the men's room, and it disappeared. So wherever that is, you don't want to take the pastor's money. Hello. Um, I would encourage you to bring it back with a tip. So interest. Just a warning, hello. It's not a good thing. Um, so wherever that went to, and he said, no, it's all right, I sold it, I sold it. Yeah, well, we wrote him another check. But anyway, praise God. I just, you don't want to steal God's money. That is not a smart thing to do. All right, then uh, Jesse and Parker Green came. I love this. They, Saturday night, Jesse preached, and it was about the wells of revival are a precursor to the river. There are streams. In order, streams form into rivers. And there's all these streams that are coming together. Then it was the word was enlarge your tent. Parker said this, why is it that we've been so satisfied to look for the lion tracks, but we're afraid to approach the lion? Looking for the lion tracks, but afraid to approach the lion. See, you heard this morning about the presence. It was about the presence. And you heard the prophetic word about the presence. You ought to get comfortable in the presence. Get quiet and just be in that place. So I'm real excited. Um, The message this morning, my worship leaders came up and said, "Um, Pastor, you know, we've got this message on grace and the presence, and you want to hear this word this morning about the dangerous road to revival. Do they coincide? Okay. Yes, they do. Turn with me. Let's start with a scripture this morning. Turn with me to Romans chapter 11 in verse 22. Romans 11, 22. Let me read the King James. This is a parallel Bible. I have the King James, which is the word-for-word translation, and then I have the New Living, which is a thought-for-thought translation. I like to bounce back there. King James says this, Romans 11, 22. Behold... Therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell, severity, but towards thee, goodness. If you continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. New Living says it this way. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He's severe towards those who disobeyed, but kind if you continue to trust in his kindness But if you stop trusting, you will also be cut off. And if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted back in. That whole chapter, if you read through it, it's the the wild branch, right? The ones, we're the wild group, right? The Gentile branch that wasn't in the original branch. And when Israel violated the covenant, broke covenant, he then released them. They came under judgment, 
the discipline. Pastor Bishop shared about the, the discipline of the Lord. If you're a son or a daughter, you will get disciplined. And if you respond to the discipline in the right way, you'll be restored. But if you don't, you'll be cut off. And then he makes a way of people that weren't even of my people will now become my people was the prophecy. And so we've been grafted in. But then he says, don't you get too pridefully arrogant because you can also be ungrafted in, right? So I want to do my best to balance <laughs> and not discourage you, but also make you aware there is a severe warning that goes with this. So if you'll pull out your handout, the dangerous road to revival. Let's read the first paragraph. Every generation of believers has accounts of the glorious presence of God manifesting in signs and wonders. The scriptures tell the story of victories and defeats and the heroes and the zeros. Those who follow God or they fail to recognize God and his grace and his demands. There's a price for the anointing and the road to revival is a dangerous one. So let's drive carefully and let the Holy Spirit direct our path. The assignment of God's call puts a demand on covenant. So let me ask you some questions first. Just look this way for a minute. Did God call Moses? Did Moses accept the call? This is not a trick question. Okay. Moses was called, and he accepted. Now, he was reluctant. He goes, how can I go, right, the burning bush? I can't speak, and, you know, they won't receive, and who should I say is there, sent me? I am has sent you, and, well, I can't speak, right? Okay, enough of your excuses. I'll bring your brother Aaron along. And you got anything else? This is Tom's version, right? And so he goes, okay, and so he answers the call. He tells his Midianite father-in-law, Jethro, and his Midianite wife, he says, we're going to take our sons and we're going back to Egypt. We're going to, so he is now on his journey of his call, right? Then why did God try to kill him? Just park that there for a minute. Was David called to be a king? Was it scriptural for him to bring the Ark of the Covenant that the Philistines had captured to bring it back to Jerusalem? Then why did God kill his best friend Uzzah? Ananias and Sapphira, New Testament. The one who lied three times, Peter, swore he never knew, cursed at Jesus, cursed that he ever knew Jesus. During the revival and the breakout, during that time where the Holy Spirit's falling and thousands are coming into the church, Miracles are breaking out. The one who lied challenges Ananias and Sapphira. Did you sell your property? We don't know how he became to know this by, maybe by discernment. Did you agree to sell your property? It was your property. You could have sold it and given none of it or given all of it or given a portion of it. That was your decision. But you have conspired with your wife to lie to the Holy Ghost. Not to the church, to the Holy Ghost. And as a result, when the husband comes in, did you sell this property for this price? Was it all of it? Yes, yes. Pride, arrogance, manipulation, control, deception. 
It'll get you killed in the revival. Hear my voice. So this is this place where he drops dead. His wife comes three hours later and says, did you and your husband agree to sell the price for this amount? Yes. Your husband's already dead and buried in the backyard, and now it's your turn, and she's dead. How could the guy who lied and denied Christ three times be the orator of that, and yet he's not dead? Different season, different time. Post-Holy Spirit, release of the Acts chapter 2 blessing. Now, I'm okay with the story of Eli's sons, Hophni and Phidias, right? You know that story. That's the one where Eli is the high priest. He's got two sons who are priests, and they're sleeping with women in the church, and they're stealing the offering. And the word comes to them from Samuel. He says, you need to correct this. So he, he doesn't correct his sons. He doesn't throw them out of ministry. doesn't take the discipline. And the warning comes to Eli, your family will be erased in this line. And Eli falls backward, breaks his neck and dies. Hophni and Phinehas are killed. I understand sin in the camp. He'll be severe in that. But there isn't a revelation of Uzzah who's trying to help David bring the Ark of the Covenant and this place where Moses is on his journey. And he's already answered the call and then God says he's going to kill him. Let's unpack this. So turn with me, if you will. We need to understand this and understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he's both kind and he's severe. So let's try to understand the specifics of this. Turn with me, if you will. Let's turn to Ezekiel. No, sorry, Exodus 4. Let's start there. We'll go to Exodus chapter 4. The first part of the Exodus 1, 2, 3 and four is they're in slavery, Moses is born, they, the Antichrist of that day is gonna kill all the children of Israel, all the boys, because they know that the deliverer is coming. Devils tried to do that even when Jesus was first born. Remember that with Herod? So what does mama do? She violates the edict puts her little baby boy in a floating basket, puts him in a crocodile-infested Nile River, floats him out, just happens to end up at Pharaoh's daughter's bathing location. Baby's crying, ah, let me take him and raise him as my own. She goes and finds Moses' mother as a nursemaid, and God, something else, how he works that out. You can't snuff out God's plan. And so then Moses ends up seeing his own people, the Israelites, kills an Egyptian, has to run away 40 years on the backside of the desert, meets the, his wife, Midianite, whose culture is different than the Hebrew culture, and here they are. And so what happens? Moses finally, chapter 4, Signs of the Lord's power. Miracles, he shows them how to use his staff, throw it down, it becomes a snake. Eventually, it eat up Pharaoh's witch doctor snakes. I love that. And so, we get to this place where Moses finally says, yes. And so, Moses, look at verse 20, Exodus 4.20. So, Moses took his wife and sons, put them in a donkey, and headed back to the land of Egypt. In his hand, he carried the staff of God. Woo-hoo, Right? And the Lord 
said to Moses, when you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform all the miracles I empowered you to do, but I will harden his heart and he won't listen. Then you will tell him, this is what the Lord says, verse 24, on the way to Egypt, a place where Moses and his family had stopped for the night, the Lord confronted him and was about to kill him. But Moses' wife, Zipporah, took a flint knight, circumcised her son. She touched his feet with the foreskin and said, now you are a bridegroom of blood to me. When she said a bridegroom of blood, she was referring to the circumcision. After that, the Lord left him alone. Now, if you go back in history with Abraham, remember, what's the sign of the covenant? The circumcision. He's a Jew. Now, he's raised, Moses is raised by Pharaoh. He's not in a Jewish environment. We don't know all the practices of that, but we do know that the Midianites were probably not in that custom. You ever have an argument with your spouse about spiritual things? This is just presumed, because all the, the context of this, I've read a bunch of commentaries. Nobody knows the answer to this one. Um, first of all, how did he try to kill him? Was it a sickness? It, it happened one night. But we realize, Zipporah, the wife, realizes there probably was some discussion about, I need to circumcise my son, Moses would say. And she said, you ain't putting no knife to my son. This is Tom's view. And then she realized when this thing, this discernment of the journey they're on, see, it's a different season. We're now on a journey to fulfill what God has called us to do, and the road has just gotten a lot narrower. And at that moment where the discernment came, I'm getting zapped right now, where that discernment came to Zippor, and she said, we're about to lose everything. My husband's about to die. And she says, I'll take care of it. In a moment, that was the answer. The Lord backed off. You cannot go and try to do your call and not fulfill covenant promises, the blessings, the obedience of God. And so it's just a while, so like, wow, Lord, you got your man. He's doing it, and now there's no compromise to the obedience covenant of God when the road starts getting really, really narrow. There's no more dabbling in sin. There's not, none of us are sinless. But if you're winking at God in this season and you're part of this church, I encourage you, stop. Let the fear of the Lord, and if you need help, come for prayer. Get No hidden sin. Don't Remember, the, when the priest made the preparation, don't defile yourself. That's to all of us, especially the leadership. So there's this place where he then acts. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 6. Second Samuel chapter six. David has now become king. They've conquered the Philistines. They've recaptured the ark after Saul's disobedience and the death of Jonathan. And they're moving the ark to Jerusalem. Look at verse one. David gathered all of his elite troops. They got the, they got the SEAL team. 30,000 of them. Woohoo! Wow. This is a big deal. And he led them to Judah. Bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. He got a new cart, and he brought from Abedinadad's house on the hill Uzzah and his sons, 
They got this brand new cart and they put the ark on it. Sounds like a good plan. The problem is you don't know the word. You don't need to, you can write these down, but there are multiple, multiple places in Scripture. First Chronicles 15, 2, it talks about how does this ark get handled? How does the presence of God get handled by normal people? He warns them. He tells them this is the way. First Chronicles 15, 2, Joshua 3, 3, Joshua 6, 6, Numbers 4, 4 through 15, Numbers um, verse 19 and 20, Deuteronomy 10, 8, Deuteronomy 31, 9. The Ark of the Covenant can only be carried on the shoulders of the priesthood. And when they carry it, they need to not be defiled. That's the, that was laid out scripturally. Now, I realize there are a couple of hundred years past, and David has been fighting in the desert. He's been warring. He's probably not up to date on what's in the scriptures. And whatever his priesthood was there, they weren't up to date either. They're so excited about, we got the ark back, we've won the war, we're gonna bring the presence back to Jerusalem, we're fulfilling the promises. Uh Yeah. But you did it wrong. And so, when they don't carry the ark on the priesthood's shoulders of those who are undefiled, here's what happens. When they carried the ark, this is in 2 Samuel 6, verse 6. When they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark. You would think that's a good move, right? Don't let the ark fall on the ground. Good Lord. So Uzzah, he's trying to do the right th- He's trying to do the right thing. He's selected by David to be in the midst of taking care of the ark of the presence. And he takes that job responsibility very seriously, and it starts to stumble, and he steadies it, and he's killed. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him dead because of this. So Uzzah died right there beside the ark of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He even came to name this place. David was now afraid of the Lord and asked, how can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back under my care? So they parked the ark, and of course, where they park it, people get all sorts of, the family gets all sorts of blessed. Then they went and did some research for several months, said, yeah, God told us how we were supposed to carry this, and we didn't do it. King David, verse 12 The Lord has now blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything because of the ark. So David went there, brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with great celebration. After the men were carrying the ark, and you can look at this in Chronicles, they get the message. They're now carrying it, and the Lord said, had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. How many steps is it from Obed-Edom's house to Jerusalem? Every six steps, that's a lot of steak. That's a lot of steak. Man, like every six steps, ah! <laughs> like, wow. David is like, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it with excitement, and yet we're gonna do it right. 
And David was so excited. First, no one died. And he's so excited the ark got there, he danced with all of his might. Now, what does that look like? I'd like to see some of you do that for me someday with all your might. Like, wow. And yet, we know the rest of that story. His wife, daughter of Saul, sitting up in the window, sees her husband dancing undignified and with his servant girls. And she says to him, I saw you dancing with the servant girls. Like, that's not what royalty does. And David basically says, you think that's undignified? <laughs> Wait till I show you. I don't know what that would look like. But, um, but the other thing that happens is she mocks the worship of God, and she's barren for the rest of her life. She never has a child. Be careful you don't mock the worship of God because it's not what you think it ought to be. It's another warning there. So there's this sense that, let's look at quickly Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5 where Peter confronts Ananias and Sapphira. Acts 5.1, there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, they kept the rest. Peter said to Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You have let Satan fill your heart. You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell and, or not sell as you wished. After selling it, the money was also yours to give it away. How could you do a thing like this? You're not lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard this, the words, he fell to the floor and he died. There are certain things that during the revival season of the move of the presence, we need to be very careful. I'll just quickly tell you a story. I was in Resistencia, Argentina in the north with a team. Some of you, who, were, who was on that trip in Resistencia? Yeah. So we were, we were there, and um, we met with a Baptist pastor there, uh, Pastor Sonali, and the witchcraft in that city was really, I mean, they have a, they have a, a bridge there where teenagers regularly throw themselves off the bridge to commit suicide. Macumba and San La Muerte, the cults of death are there. Uh, Witch doctor flag all over the place. It's just, it's an ugly city. So this pastor invited us. Randy Clark said, Tom, can you take a team there? I can't get there right now. And and, uh, so we got there, and uh, I met with Pastor Sonali in his office. Uh, Pat's husband, Phil, was there, one of my armor bearers, another. And uh, the pastor looked like, you talk about battle weary. He looked like he hadn't slept in weeks. He was like, I'm glad you're here. I said, Pastor, how can we serve you this week? I got a whole team here. He goes, he goes, we got witchcraft. They have infiltrated my church. And my wife and I, we go all over Argentina sharing um, purity and pa- uh, the right, the walks of purity to the young adults and youth. And as a result of that, we're cursed everywhere. My 10-year-old son has had demons in the house threatening him. He's so afraid. He sees, he sees them in his room. My wife, she's a doctor. She was sitting in the church and a ceiling fan disconnected the blade and came down almost cut her neck off. 
She was in the hospital. She's recovered. Pastor, I believe I have witches on my staff. I said, Pastor, I'm having a little bit of a hard time here. He goes, I said, well, so what do you want? He goes, I just need you to help me. I said, well, would you be all right if we do prayer ministry on some of the key leaders and then um, we need to pray for the Holy Ghost to come? And that's not in their um, theology, um, right? So he goes, you do whatever, you, whatever the Lord's telling you to do. I, I, you got to help me. So we did prayer ministry. We heard things in those prayer ministries that were absolutely horrible. Some I can't even repeat now because the woman who shared them with me said she would be murdered if I shared them. And so I just get the anger of the Lord. I'm like, this is... They invite me to go meet with 25 some odd pastors from all the denominations that were meeting together in the city. And I meet them and I'm brought to the meeting and I look at them and they look like the walking wounded. I mean, seriously, they look, this doesn't look like the army of God here. Um, And so I got with our intercessors and right, if you remember this, Miss Addie, right to the left of the stage was a glass enclosure for, you could put the intercessors in there, you could, all glass, right by the stage, you could put the intercessors there, close the door, and they could shoot artillery into the enemy's camp right there. I loved it. And so, I said, I went back to my hotel room and I said, because, you know, the word of God has really three parts to it. When you get a word from the Lord, there's also a timing to that word, and there's a strategy that goes with that word. And if you get those out of order, you're going to get messed up. Some people get a word and then they start acting on it. So wait a minute, what's the timing? Look at it. Look at the case with Abraham. You're going to be a father of the nations. Look at the stars. And 25 years later, he doesn't have a child. So in their culture, it was acceptable to sleep with the handmaiden to have an heir. There's no discussion between Abraham and the scriptures about with God. He had the word, so he sleeps with Hagar and gets Ishmael, and now we got Ishmael results. I believe he got the word and he got the timing and the strategy all messed up. Just my view. And so, so I asked the Lord, I said, okay, if we're to go to war in this church of probably 3,000 plus on Friday night, Saturday night, um, what's your strategy? Because I'm not leaping out here until, you know, I got theology challenges, they got the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to move and we got witches in the mix and trying to curse the pastor to kill his wife and what do I do with that? And he gave me a download. He says, I want you to put a pastor in every corner of the church and I want you to put another member of the church I want Miss Addie and the intercessors in the intercessory room. I want them praying to cover. I need you to all take communion get ready because you're going to war and I need no defilements in your camp and so I said, all right God. Then what? He goes, I want you to challenge the witchcraft while you pray for the pastors of the city. I said, Lord, you realize I'm sent here on a healing mission from Randy Clark, and if somebody dies here, like Ananias and Sapphira, that's not going to be a great healing testimony. He didn't change the strategy. Okay, so now it's obedience or disobedience. So we get the, I told the pastor what I'm going to do. He goes, you do it. And he says, we'll be watching. I said, okay. So I put my pastors in the corners of the big church. We got another Miss Addie's on post. We're praying. We we took communion. Everybody's like, 
what are we doing, Pastor? I said, we're gonna challenge witchcraft. Now, I don't normally do that in our first meeting because I learned something really a hard way in Santarém in, in, in the Amazon in Brazil that way one time. <laughs> anyway, so, but that was the strategy. So I said, I invited all the pastors and their wives to come to the front. There were probably 25 from different denominations up there, and they come up, you know, like, like Lord, you gotta heal this army. And I said, now turn and face the crowd. They turned around and they faced the crowd. I said, if any of you are in this congregation here today, and you are cursing curses against these pastors or their wives, or worse, you have infiltrated the church and you are mixing witchcraft with Christianity, I cannot guarantee your safety in this room. You better get out of here right now. Six people jumped up and ran for the doors. And the pastors took note. And there was some staff changes that happened. And I was so glad nobody died you know, that praise the Lord, and man, boy, we had a time, didn't we, Miss Addie? Hoo-hoo. When the Holy Ghost fell that night, it was one of those places, like, waves of people and healing, salvations, and we learned some other things, which is too long a story to share right now. It's, it's, I think it's in the book. I can't remember if it was after the book. Anyway, so... Uh, it, it, yeah, that was probably the Puma night. Yeah, we had a guy that was dating, was married in adulterous relationship, dating a witch who called herself a puma and, and had a tattoo of the puma on his arm. There's a lot to that story that, you know, Pastor, are you telling the truth? I'm just reporting. We saw some things there like, really, God? Phew. Anyway, he got set free, praise the Lord. Okay, let me, let me land this thing. Um, in... We can get really excited about the presence, and we should. We've been praying and believing for years what God is doing. But in our excitement and our exuberance, be careful. Let me use an example. I'm not stepping on any toes here because I'm just giving grace. But Friday night, when Jesse said, the elders need to come forward with oil. There were people in the crowd who are not part of our body that are not elders got up and started praying for people. And Jesse dressed them down. She says, I'm not an elder here. I'm not praying for people. Why are you praying? And they got offended. And so I believe there's grace in the process. And this is not about, well, one is more anointed than the other. Just, you hearing my heart on this? This is a place where we need to honor where honor is due. And that's the, one of the issues with Americans is we are an independent breed. I can do this all by myself. Yeah, be careful. Go ahead and ask Uzzah about that or go ask Ananias and Sapphira about what they're doing. So I, when I woke up, when was it? Monday morning, I guess it was, I wrote the sermon. The Lord awakened me and said, warn my people. This road to revival is a dangerous one. I want it to be done in such a way that God, I get all the glory. So please be praying, for one, about any defilements in your heart. Now, the fear of the Lord is, is filled with grace, and, and we know he's both kind and he's severe. And he wants to, us to participate. He wants us to be in the glory. And so I, I hope you're hearing the, the, the balance I'm trying to bring to this is that there is this warning in Scripture, but at the same time, he loves what's happening. 
And he doesn't bring revival unless there's a people who have prepared for him to come. And you've been preparing. He's moving them from Jersey and where are you guys, Lily, from? From Columbia, Wyoming. I mean, yeah, God told us to move here. And man, I, I love it. Jesse and Parker moved from California, first from New York to California. No, Wilmington, and it's now, and it's like, so God has allowed us, he's privileged us to bring the truth to people that are broken and missing and hurting, that are demonized. I love it when, when, when you put someone in the water, the baptismal tank, and they come out and the demons scream. One night, recently this past week, I shared, I said, I've heard that before. It's the screams of freedom. I heard it in Tanzania. My mom and Addie and them are in the back of the tent, and all of a sudden you hear this, <laughs> looks like somebody was, yeah. And I'm like, I know what that is. That's the sound of freedom. And so when I said that to the person, they said, what, what does that mean? I said, eh, it's just the house is getting cleaned out. It's really all right. Let it rip. And so you're going to see some things that are going to, is that God? What does that look like? Would God do it that way? We had a revival that was breaking out. We had the tent set up on Mount Olive, North Carolina. 5,000 person tent. Miracles were breaking out in the tent. We were worshiping, oh my gosh. And then the religious spirit, that word you just heard about the religious spirit rising up against us, that was one of the cases. The religious spirit rose up and at this point, one night, the people who were broken, had come out of addiction. I believe it was seven or eight of them. I wish Neil were here. He'd, he'd tell me. Seven or eight of them all got gold teeth. Thousands of dollars worth of bridge work. And the religious guard there said, God doesn't do that. I said, where's that in the book? I said, well, it's a sign to wonder after. And, you know, I give my bride jewelry. Can he give his bride jewelry? No, nah, not even working. So, anyway... I said, you need to get this tent out of here. And Jesus, it was like we were trying to get the tent out. Even Neil tried to cordon off a place where you told us we could be here. You know. And it, man, it was a Star News article. You can go back and look at it. Front page, the, North, the Carolina phenomenon, which is one of the prophecies from Derek Prince. The kings and queens would come and study the phenomenon. I believe that's, that could have been the start right then. But when the, when the religious folks or those in leadership say, not on my watch and not on my property, the next day, God picked that 5,000, this is incredible, 5,000 person tent, not one wind or anything. You know what it takes? That thing's rated for over 90 miles per hour with all the stakes in it. God came in while one of our leaders is on the phone with a prophetic guy in Virginia, and the prophetic guy says, it's time to move the tent. And as he's looking, all of a sudden, that tent is lifted up. All the stakes and everything went over the tractor trailer, broke one light, moved one seat, and laid that tent down. And he goes, um, I think God just moved the tent. You offend the presence, God will say, you're not taking the tent found fast enough, Neil. Fortunately, he didn't mess with us. He said, I'll move it. And he did. And then we moved it to Magnolia and Washington, D.C. I can't remember all. We went out to Azusa Street in L.A. At, uh, anyway, I don't, want, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss this. So when, they, when, you're, when the fast is called 
or there's a, come on, you, you have the ability, if we get enough of the living stones fired together, the sick and the broken, the demonized, when, when Jesse says, if you're suicidal and depressed, come, especially, like, uh, okay. I called Miss Addie and several others, I called Pastor Terry, I said, I hope you're coming here Friday night because we may have more, than, we may see some stuff breaking out. So I need all hands on deck. I need people trained and equipped that are not afraid and not ashamed of the gospel. Get trained up on the ministry team. See Pastor Terry, if you've been trained in the past, or you, get on, look at the, the, uh, the, not, the 11 sessions that are on Breaking Free. Read the book, learn the destiny model. Become a minister of prayer. This is a time for us to rise up to this place because if several thousand broken people, if an arm grows out or something is caught on live stream that is unbelievable, they will come from other countries to come here. We could get, we've had this prophetic words of so many people lined up outside the buildings they can't get in. For the glory of God. So let the fear of the Lord Lead us in wisdom, but also be prepared. And if you got hidden stuff in your life, it's time to repent. So I'm gonna invite my ministry team right now if you'll come. Ministry team, this is a good time. If we could put some background music on, Daniel. If you're here this morning, our ministry team can be trusted with your data, your information. They get taken out if they don't, if they share your privacy. They get removed from ministry. Yeah, removed from ministry. We want to be very careful about people sharing, but it also says, if two or three would agree is touching, it shall be done for you. There's life and death in your tongue. It's really important that you confess. What did he say in James 5? Not only does it, if you're sick, call for the elders and let them anoint with oil, but it says, confessing our sins one to another that you might be sozoed. Something happens in the audible declaration that is different than 1 John 1, 9. Confess your sins to him. He's faithful to forgive you from all unrighteousness. But something happens in the exchange with another human being where I tell the other human being my issues and we agree and that repentance, then you turn. That's the gospel. And so, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that we would be a house prepared for you, God. Lord, I, I realize that the road just got narrower. Jesus warned, he said, the road to eternal life is very narrow and few ever find it. And the road to revival is narrow. And when he allows us to be with him and commune with him, God, I pray that we be obedient. We would hear the voice of God. We would be quick to respond. And then, Lord, I pray for each of the Friday nights. I pray a special healing blessing covering over Jesse and Parker Green, over Victoria and Shane. Lord, over their children, over their mothers and fathers, the family, the ministry, all those that are coming over Global River. Lord, I pray for Pat's family right now. Jocelyn is in Duke. Lord, we need her heart to be healed. 28-year-old delivered a baby and Pat fell off her bicycle, four staples, concussion. Christine, home, laid up with a foot issue. Her children, God, I pray, you cannot touch our staff in the name of Jesus. 
We plead the blood covering. Lord, I pray covering over all the extended family. There will be a grace. I ask you to send the angels on assignment. There'll be visitation. You heard it. There's a habitation coming. When the Lord inhabits the houses, there will be such a move in neighborhoods. God, I pray right now, Father, we stand. And I put the devil on notice in the name of Jesus. You are not covered, going to touch any of our family or loved ones or the church. I bind division. I bind all deceptions, all manipulation, all control, every form of witchcraft. You are bound. You are not able to operate. Let the chain of command of darkness report up in accordance with Ephesians 6 that we can't touch them. They are too close to Jesus. There's too many of them. Lord, I pray right now a blessing. Lord, I ask you to uncover the darkness. Lord, play, you know that your sin will find you out. Don't you let that happen. You come freely. Open your heart and get yourself in a right place. Lay down the alcohol. Lay down the marijuana. Lay down the drugs. All the secret sin. Lay it down in Jesus' name. All the pornography, the, the, all the places where the enemy has lied to you about trying to find something that's a form of idolatry that is not the Prince of Peace. In the name of Jesus, let your revelation come and lead us, Lord. Send the armies of Hebrews chapter 1. They are sent as ministering spirits to assist the redeemed ones. God, I ask you to sanctify this property. Whatever's taken place on this property that was not holy, I don't care when, from the creation of all time. We've prayed over it, but now, Lord, I ask you would bless this land. People driving by would be drawn. They would come. They would hear about the revival. They would get their plane tickets, and they would come. And they would be life-changing events. And as long as you tarry, it would say, I remember the day when God showed up in Wilmington. And I was changed forever. God, for your glory. We want you to be so famous. God, you're going to be so famous in this region for your purpose and glory, God. We thank you, God. We honor your privilege of this, God. Help us to steward it well. Help us to steward it well, God. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, come for prayer. Come for prayer. Receive prayer this morning. Those listening by live stream, get in the river. Come on, the river's rising. Ezekiel 47, go read it and find out where you are in the river. Is it ankle, knee, waist, neck? Where are you in the river? No river dwellers. Jump in in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Don't forget, we'll be here Monday night for men's group, women's group. There'll be training on Thursday night, Friday night, 6 o'clock. Thursday, please come and help if you can help at the tent at 9 o'clock. God bless you all.